What's up, friends? We are live. Welcome to season two of the Modern Lending Podcast. I'm your host, Alec Hansen. Today, today a year ago, was season was the first episode, the first ever recording of the Modern Lending Podcast, January 8th. It's crazy. We're in 2021 now, and I am kicking off a four-part series on branding. We got to start at the basics. We got to start at the beginning and what matters. And I have the guest, the, the best guest possible to talk about branding. Chelsea Pites is going to be joining us in a couple seconds. We're going to talk about turning on the camera, getting visible, bringing our brands to market. Because if you can't, if you're not seen, your brand's not going anywhere. So without further ado, let's bring on Chelsea. With the real world. Season two. Yes. Hey, congratulations. Season two. <laughs> Wait, so, uh, did you have like a tell all for season one? Because I'm used to seeing like the tell all. <laughs> like no, where everybody, no. the, okay, no, no reunion. Okay, that's just Unreal Housewives. <laughs> so, let me introduce you for a second because this is really fun. And I, I, I kind of queued up, you know, if you're just joining right now, we're going to talk about branding. We're talking about being visible, but you are literally amazing. So, you know, you're the national director of sales, of social sales. Um, for uh, Fidelity, and it, that's incredible. And I heard your story before, but you're also just this amazing content creator who, in my opinion, leads from the front in showcasing how to do this whole thing. I mean, and, and I want to talk about hitting record, and I want to talk about getting visible um, because you're just incredible at it. But can you just, what's your story? Like, how, how did you decide to hit record? How did you get, how did you decide to get so public with just your brand? So I just want to let everyone know that's watching and listening. I never intended to have a quote unquote brand. I just was the kind of person that I really valued the people that were sharing, you know, Gary Vee, yeah. like get out there and share. And I remember when I started really trying to figure out how social media worked and marketing worked, I did not get my degree in that. I was going to be a therapist. I got my degree in psychology and clinical psych. And, um, you know, I was really hungry for people that would share. And so I always vowed that, I was just going to share everything I learned because if I can make it easier for someone else, I would have really appreciated that. And I have people in my direct messages that say, I can't believe that you actually responded back. And I'm like, hey, I'm not the fastest responder, but you were here for me. And so that's something that I, you know, took away from from those experiences. And, and, and when I started creating content. You know, many times I think that we don't even know what we're what we're doing, which is actually quite quite brilliant. There is a blessing in in having no experience in anything because you just don't know what's going to happen, and and so there's this beauty in trying something for the first time that until you go through it, you can't really um, embrace that that incredible experience. You know, you're like, this is awful. I don't know what to talk about. I certainly don't want to be on camera. People ask me all the time, you seem so comfortable on camera. Well, it's just like anything else. When I became a mom, and I'm thinking about this because my kiddo's birthday is tomorrow. So cool. 46 hours of labor, just letting you know. Um, and when I think of that, I had this idea in my head that it was going to be perfect and he was going to be on a schedule and I was going to go into the hospital and I was going to have him in two hours. 
Well, that did not go according to plan. And neither did anything else that happened. And I didn't know what I was doing. I had no clue how to be a new mom. And you figured it out. You, yeah. you practiced, you just took action. And I kind of wish that like cameras would just like kind of turn on and force you to do it because we have the option to not turn that camera on. When you've got a baby, you're like, oh no. <laughs> oh my gosh, somebody's gonna have to do something. And you're forced into action. Yeah. And what happens, like most things, is you learn along the way and you're like, well, that didn't work. Um, we'll try this next time. Yeah. And so you have to do it in order to become comfortable with it. And was I this comfortable six years ago? Uh, no, absolutely not. My, my videos were very different than they are now. And it's purely because I have put the work in. And, and I have, you know, I'm not saying everybody needs to do this, but I've been on camera and shared my life on camera for every day for the last, I think, five years. It's a long time. Long, long yeah, so that's so that's why I've I've honed that skill, just like anything else, whether it's cooking, driving, parenting, all of the things, working out. You just have to do it. Well, so let's let's frame this up and then let you let you run with some questions here. So, um, personal branding and branding is becoming um, it's very buzzy. It's a lot of buzzwords around that. It, there's books and podcasts, and that can become very confusing on what that all means. And I've seen people get very confused, and they're like, "Well, I need a tagline or a great Instagram handle or a color scheme or and 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 all that stuff's kind of it's overwhelming." Um, but one thing is true that if you're gonna be in sales and you're gonna try to serve people and help people and, and provide mortgage services, or whatever it is you, you do, um, they have to know you, like you, and trust you to get a chance to, have a, to provide your services. And part of that's being visible, part of that is having a brand. Um, so let me ask you, in all of your years, how do you define brand and personal brand? Mm -hmm. And let's start with that and go deeper. Okay, I love that. So. I have a very, what I consider different brain <laughs> and I break a lot of like social media rules. First of all, I don't like writing, but I've written books and I don't content batch or content create because my brain just doesn't work that way. I would love to have a content calendar. I wish I could do that. So it's okay. You kind of have to honor your own, your own um, knowing yourself and, and, and how you are. But the way my brain sort of works is I, I have to have formulas for things like A plus B equals C. And then my brain sort of like understands it. So when I was thinking about the idea of brand and I am not a brand expert, I did not go to school for branding, none of that. But we all have a brand, especially in 2021, because what we certainly learned from 2020 is that we are living in a virtual world. And for many of us, that is the only way in which we saw friends and family potential clients was through social media and Zoom calls. And if you don't have my link to Zoom, you will not find me. So social media is absolutely an integral part of, of our personal relationships and will continue to be for our business relationships. So with that, I started to think about Okay, if you don't show up there, that says something. If you do show up there, then what are you saying? And so the way I break down branding is it's a combination of three things. Number one, it's algorithms, which we do not control. That's how the machine works. Um, you know, you've heard a million people talk about algorithms. Or hacking algorithms. Hacking algorithms, yeah. So what what I teach is here's here's what we know about the algorithms from Facebook, from Instagram. So we're not just guessing. Yep. 
And, and here's how you can work with them. When you do give the algorithms what they like and you're a quote, good community member, then you can get a little bit of reward there. So it's working with the algorithms, but we don't control that. The second piece is perception and the perception we semi control. This is the perception of the person who's experiencing your brand, your content, your stories, all of that on the other side. And yep. the perception that that you have confirmed is, wow, I feel like you, you're everywhere. I'm not. I do not spend all day on social media. I know it may seem that way. By the way, let's unpack that because that's a huge myth. And, <laughs> yes. and it's one of the things that, that people put up as an excuse to avoid coming into the space is, well, I'm just not going to be one of those people that are wasting my day all day long sitting on social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hear that all the time. And I'm like, well, that's your understanding. So go a little deeper on that. Yeah. Can you waste all day on social media? Uh, yeah, I just downloaded Clubhouse. <laughs> Five <laughs> hours later, I've wasted my time. Um, so you have to, you know, have disciplines in place. And there are days where I just go down a wormhole of social media. We all do. Um, but yes, you, you can, when you give the algorithm what it's looking for, okay? And then the third part of brand is the content. That's the only thing you, you control, okay? We can control the format. We control what we say, the message. We can control um, the frequency, how often. So if you can kind of make uh, content that speaks to your audience and provides, you know, any kind of value, whether it's emotional value, inspirational value, educational value, and you also put it in a format, i.e. video, that the algorithm likes, and you're also really good at talking to people and commenting and engaging and being a super fan, great, now that helps you build the perception because now you're gonna get pushed out and you're gonna get seen. And as you talk to these people strategically that are in your SOI, your sphere of influence, you're training the machine. Okay, I guess, well, Alec is always commenting on Chelsea's stuff. Let's make sure that we show her stuff at the top of the lineup. So yes. all three of those things combined together in my mind is what creates your brand. Some of it we have control over, some of it we don't. Um, so that's my sort of concept of it. And just to kind of go a little bit deeper into the time, the timing of, of what I do. I mean, I'm, I'm all about reducing content stress. And like I said, honoring your personality. I love that. I can't be everywhere every day. Yeah. I have tried. It's not fun. I mean, there's LinkedIn feeds and LinkedIn stories and Instagram stories and Instagram feeds and Instagram reels and Facebook. And quite frankly, I get burnt out. I get overwhelmed. I overthink. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a terrible post. Like, why? What am I doing? Um, so I'm a human being first, and um, I really want people to make social media be less about media and more about social and and really think about what can I do that's the most like human way to connect with people. And you know what, if you really like Instagram stories, and you don't love Facebook, then spend the majority of your time where you enjoy it. And you still have to show up on Facebook, right? But I go to if you know, if I'm going to gosh, I haven't been to a gym in forever. Okay, Peloton, right? I got a Peloton because I'm working out at home. I have my favorites. I have my favorite instructors. And I feel bad sometimes like I should branch out. But it's okay that you have favorites, right? It's okay that you want to spend your time where, um, you know, you want to be. So I always say pick what you like first. You have to have some kind of presence on all the other places. And if it's one thing you have to do, don't make content. Your comments are your content. So less contenting, more commenting. That is going to still build your brand and goodwill with people. And it's a nice thing to do. And you're, you know, making sure that you're top of mind. So, so I, I love that. And I yeah. want to unpack that more for people that are listening.
Mm-hmm. Because what people think can often be is often incorrect. And, and I think a lot of people believe that to be on social and to get business and to build brand, they need to become content producing machines. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's multiple ways to skin the cats. So when you say more commenting, less contenting, mm-hmm. you know, what, what do you mean by that? How cool. can, what, what would happen for somebody if they, if they lean into that more? Um, right. Let's unpack that. Cause I think that's really helpful. So I definitely believe in making content. I wrote a book about making content. So I definitely believe in making content. Okay. But I also am the kind of person um, that I get overwhelmed. I and, and, and sometimes what happens when I get overwhelmed or don't know where to start is I get paralyzed. And so my goal is to help empower people to get over that paralyzation. And I think the easiest way to do it is to like become the super fan and to um, proactively engage. What does that mean? Well, okay, let's pick Facebook. So you go to Facebook, you open up your feed, maybe you have a custom friends list, maybe you don't, but you seek out your past customers, your current clients, people that may be uh, in a in an industry that may be complementary to yours that you could partner together and you actually take the time to watch a minute of their video maybe you don't watch all 10 but you tell them that you've watched the video by specifically saying i loved it when you talked about x y and z that was really valuable thank you so much now what happens is you are creating a really positive engagement because when we have people say, hey, thank you, that was great. Yeah, you're like, well, thank you. You're helping their content go farther because that's what the platforms are looking for. They're looking for engagement, meaningful interactions, comments, direct messages. And um, so as you're doing that, you are having, they're having a very positive experience with your brand. Now, on the mechanical side, on the algorithm side, what happens is they get a notification. Well, you know, we all are trained <laughs> like Pavlov's dogs. We see that notification and we're checking. And really social media notifications are sort of the only notifications that people really still kind of pay attention to. And we go in there and what do we see? We see your name, we see your profile picture and you've engaged. Okay, I'm gonna go read it. So it's this top of mind brand awareness in a very positive way that goes so much farther sometimes. And then because I know who you are, I'm gonna stop and comment on your stuff. I'm gonna stop and see who you are. Yep. Yeah, so it's, it's you know, yes, that's the first step. And that's, if you have one thing to do and you have five minutes, don't, I mean, if you don't wanna make content or you're stressed about it, I think you're gonna get way more out of the engaging piece. And with direct messages, what a great way to, share your voice with someone. Hey, I'm just thinking about you. How are you doing? How, you know, what's, Hey, I saw you guys were celebrating your birthday. Just want to say happy birthday. Just really thinking about you. Thanks for adding to my life this year. What a nice message to receive, right? Hear it in sort of a human way. So commenting over contenting, massively important in my mind. And also I think in the algorithms and I think to the people that you're trying to stay top of mind with. And then once you get the hang of that, you feel a little bit like, okay, this, this, I can maybe make a post. Let's work on that. <laughs> you know, I, I love that so much, Chelsea, because like you said, more social, less media, it's a platform of interaction. It's not a one-way street. It's a two-way street, but a lot of people are making it a one-way street by just kind of shouting into the wind and not taking the time to go invest in other people. And yeah, makes- you know, I, I don't want people to feel like if you're listening and that's what you've been doing, 
it's not really, you know, it's not our fault. It's because that, you know, that did work at one time. You just don't know. And, you know, learning and how it works is definitely, and and we're all still learning. I still learn something every single day when it comes to the world of social media. And so, you know, I always tell people, don't feel bad about it. You know, seven years ago, we were teaching something totally different on social media. And, you know, as long as you're open to, um, you know, at least testing something out, trying something out, being curious, I think that's, you know, anyone can be successful. But yes, I mean, if you have a a mindset and, and certainly long enough, you know, it's a numbers game. You're, you're right. You could send a spammy DM that's copy and paste to a hundred people a day. You're probably going to get found out, but yeah, someone's probably going to reply and probably, you know, because they feel guilty and they feel like they have to reply, but you're right. If you want to look at it as that numbers game, you will eventually possibly get something. Well, well let's talk about this angle here. So you just mentioned that this is an evolution, right? Like it all, it's always changing. There's new things, not just the algorithm, just how people are behaving inside social media, et cetera. So now, now let's say somebody's inspired. They're getting, they're, they're, they're feeling like, yeah, it's time to let my brand out. It's time to get on there. Um, and, and what I see people doing is copying what other people are doing. They, they see something and they go, well, then I got to go do this thing. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I feel they might be losing their authentic, authenticity in that process. Um, because they're just copying, you know, I used to, you know, the, the little thing where there's like a scrolling bar on the bottom and it shows you how much longer. And, and now it's like, I, everyone has that somehow, mm-hmm. you know, so what's your advice in that realm on, on how to play the game? There's nothing new under the sun, right? You know, they're all content. It's some, it's going to come back full circle. So if you, you know, you'll see something that's like a trend and, you know, all of that, like with, like you said, the scrolling bar, but I want to be very, very transparent and say that when I started my content journey, I didn't know what authentic means. And like, (laughs) yeah, in my book, I was like, I'm like authentic. It's one of my, you know, uh, it's one of my least favorite words because it's overused and underexplained. And you're not going to be authentic when you open up the camera for the first time. I mean, you know, if you are, you're in a very small percentage and that's awesome. Yay. You know, that's amazing. But most of us are not going to be comfortable on camera not going to be ready to show you themselves waking up out of bed, having coffee like I did this morning. Okay. I'm not saying you all go there. I'm also not saying that you have to overshare or share private information. There's a difference human personal content and private content. So um, there's a lot of fear around, ooh, how do I be myself? I don't really know. So honestly, yes, I mean, you might see someone that does something really creative and you're like, I'm gonna maybe try that, but put my spin on it. Um, Maybe, you know, I'm just gonna try a few things. You probably won't be your authentic self until you feel a little bit more comfortable. And the kind of the way that I look at this is like, I talk a lot about Instagram reels because it's sort of like the new thing in Instagram. And yeah. I tell people, listen, if your brain's like my brain, it can only do one thing at a time. I can't figure out 25 new buttons and think of something creative to make. I got to figure out the buttons first. Yes. And then I've opened up some space in my brain to be like, okay, maybe I can be creative now. So it's kind of like, let's just like, you know, try a few things. And, and you're, and when it comes to content, your brain starts working differently. And the same thing, like, I know you're a parent, we have kids around the same age. I start noticing like all the other kids I'm like, Oh, look, he's got Minecraft. He loves Minecraft too. And I'm, you know, you start to know the characters and whatever. 
I didn't know Minecraft five years ago. I have no idea what that is. And, and so you start, your brain starts to notice things in a different way. And so as you start creating content, as you start making videos, your brain's going to say, Oh, this might be a good video. This might be a good topic for something that I can do. So it will get better. It will get easier. I know it's hard to say when you're in like the thick of it, but it does improve and it does get a little bit easier. And even after six years, there are times when I'm like, I literally have nothing to say. Nobody will care about anything I have to say. This is a terrible video. Like, what am I doing? Um, and you know, it's because we're human <laughs> and, and that's okay. <laughs> Let's unpack that because you made a really interesting comment um, and it kind of ties into content strategy or what or what to say. Um, you know, self-doubt is going to be a thing that never goes away. I have the same thing. I'm always like, this is crap. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I always get the one person who actually like, like was like, that was really awesome. Thank you. And I'm like, wow, yeah. I, I thought this was garbage. So from a, from a content strategy, a what to say strategy, a self-doubt focus, you know, how do you address that with people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe I'm not the best person to ask because it still hasn't gone away. <laughs> so I definitely, you know, think for, I know for me, it's going to be there forever and that's okay. And so I think accepting that was part of it. Um, I think that what I have learned is that if I don't put it out, I will find excuses to not put other things out. And you're wow. right. I will have someone that says that was awesome. All the stuff that I spend the time on never performs like stuff that I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I have to know that I can't trust myself when it comes to that. So that's part of it. The other thing is that the one thing that I know is a hundred percent unique and that I can do every single day is I can be 100% me and that's scalable. And nobody else is gonna have that content because nobody is me and nobody lives with me. So, um, you know, you can have a fallback on, on that, that as you decide to share, you know, whatever components of your personal being that you decide to share, um, you know, that that is something that you'll never run out of because you are with you 24 <laughs> seven. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm sorry to say that if you are stressed about that, you may always be stressed about it. And there's no magic bullet or magic pill that will fix it. And um, it, it's just part of the gig, I think. And for those people who may are like, this is amazing. I love making content. I've never experienced that. I would love to be like that. That would be amazing. It's just not how I'm built. <laughs> well, and I think that's a good perspective because everyone's built differently mm -hmm. and, and there's value in that. And you said some things that I really want to pull out a little bit deeper because nobody's you. So there really is an unlimited amount of content that's authentic because no one else can be Chelsea and no one else thinks like you. But at the same time, we, we do love our personality profile tests and our Enneagram tests and all that stuff. So we do love the group and, and, and we do realize that there are certain ways that we, we view the world similarly with similar people. Mm -hmm. And that creates this unique audience, so to speak, of people that dig what you're putting down. Um, but I also liken it to this. You know, when I was trained to go get mortgages, I was told on these two days when realtors are out on broker previews, you have to go out and say hi to them. I don't care if you're sick. You got to go introduce yourself and make sure that you're present so they can learn to know who you are. And with a content strategy, there's some similarities. If you only post when you feel good, or if you only put that piece of content out when you're like, I, I nailed this one, um, you might be gone for months off the platforms where all the people are. Mm -hmm. 
And so kind of going back to your initial comment about putting the reps in and filming yourself every day, I mean, what benefits came from that in your perspective? Like if somebody's thinking about really playing and they're like, wow, this looks like hard work, which hello, when is our jobs not hard? Like work is hard. Mm -hmm. Like what would you share as like what came out of all that hard work? And, and maybe that can encourage somebody. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't know if we even have enough time or if I can even articulate how many amazing things have happened. Well, first of all, I have made truly, truly, um, dear friends. My best friends in, in real life have been people that I've met on the socials, which as a 40 something year old mom who, you know, got my license before, you know, I say 2001 BF that's before Facebook. I was not raised to talk to random people on the internet. I would never go meet a group of people and stay with them for several days. And I, you know, talk to them online. That was really weird for me. Right. And so I was fascinated by that. And that's what kind of got me into this. You know, that's how I started writing my first book was this neuroscience and, and this, you know, acceleration. And so, um, yeah, I mean, incredible friends, incredible opportunities, off the charts networking. Um, and, you know, you you said something about just putting in the reps. I mean, yeah, it, it's really time or money. And you can be really successful with, you know, lead generation strategies. And, and I think, you know, that those are really positive and awesome. I was just talking about that on Clubhouse. Um, for me, I decided to go the energy route. And so people say, wow, like, I feel like you, um, you know, how did you get to this level or the success? Yeah. Well, six years, right? Okay. So six yeah. years. Yeah. And you tell people that and they're like, whoa, six years. But did I have some really amazing successes in month nine and in month 18? A thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. If you do stick with anything, I don't care if it's dieting, you're becoming a photographer, Whatever it is, if you stick with it for long enough, you will become good. And you'll see like in this whole social media world, there is like a tipping point. And, and all of a sudden it gets easier because you kind of, you know, made this community and now you sort of like, it's like when you're new in real estate, you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to like find someone to close a deal? If you've been in real estate 20 years, you're probably like, yeah, it's not, not, not really too bad. I've got my sphere of influence and I get a lot of referrals and repeat business. It's the same concept. So given that, um, what are the things that you find hold people back? What, mm -hmm. what, and, and what do you, cause you've done, you've done this a long time. You've trained a ton of people. You're in the game. What is holding people back and, and why are those, you know, overcomable or lies or whatever? What's your thoughts on that? So fear is the number one. Um, and then, you know, I would say overthinking, um, self-doubt comparison, Ooh, um, and, you know, let's be honest, imposter syndrome. I'm yeah. very open about my struggle with anxiety and mental health. That for me is very difficult sometimes to make content because of that. There's a mm -hmm. lot of variety of things. I mean, at, we're very complex as human beings and emotions and, you know, putting yourself out there and being, you know, even if you're not talking about personal stuff, you're being vulnerable, putting yourself out there. And that's kind of a scary place. So I think it's very natural for people to feel that way. And um, I think, you know, way down the line is figuring out how to use the platform or time. But I think people usually say, 
I'm confused by X, Y, and Z. I don't really know how to work it. I don't really have time when really it's probably the first one, which is that human struggle of, of being human. And how do you deal with that? How do you get, how do you, how do you get through that? I mean, every, every problem and, and, and look, I know you're gonna have a unique answer to this and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll frame up why I asked it. Mm -hmm. So I have massive call reluctance and fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. It's been in me my whole life since I was bullied as a little kid. And so when one of the greatest lessons that I had to push through when I got into sales was, you know, you're going to get rejected. Mm -hmm. And so I, I had to, but I, so I, I knew I had to go meet real estate agents. I knew I had to build relationships. I knew I needed their referrals. I wanted their trust. And I had this huge fear of rejection. And so in order to manage that and still go out and make relationships, um, I stopped selling and I would just walk into open houses and previews and I would just introduce myself and then just shut up. And if they wanted to talk to me, I would talk. Um, and what happened over like four to six months is I would walk in and they would start, they would know my name, like, cause I kept showing up. And then as they knew my name, they would start to ask questions and they, 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 I wasn't a threat. I wasn't a weird sales guy. I wasn't pushing on them for anything. And I built relationships. And so, you know, my fear and my call reluctance and my fear of rejection is, is still with me. Like I didn't like, I'm not cured. Mm -hmm. I still feel sometimes like little insecure bullied kid. Um, but you know, I, I had to figure out how to hack my way through it because I knew that success lied over there and I wanted to go over there. And so, you know, I share that story. And that's why I asked the question is, you know, somebody's looking at this now and seeing it and going, man, I want to have what Chelsea has or man, I want to do what I see this person doing. And it looks so fun and exciting. And yet they've got their their fear, their thing. And so you yeah. coach them all the time. I mean, how do you help them? And I love that you were going to be a therapist too, because I'm like, perfect. You're great. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just a big believer and I haven't always been this way. Um, you know, last year I got a lot more open about talking about, um, my, my issues with mental health and anxiety and, and, you know, as a parent, I think, you know, we always want to make sure that with this diff very different world than we grew up in with social media, yep. what you see may not always be what you get. It may look like a perfect, amazing highlight reel of someone's life, but you never know what's actually happening on the other side of that. So for me, and this is a personal decision, I'm not recommending everybody do this, but for me, I decided to open up a, a little bit and talk about that. And, and I baby stepped it, baby stepped it. And some people don't like to baby step. They just want to lay it all out and do whatever yeah. your style is. And I was shocked to find out that it really resonated with people. And so I think that for me, in my specific situation, it was helpful for, for me, um, you know, to kind of just talk about it and be like, you know what, I don't know if you guys are having anxiety about content or stress or just anxiety in general. Sometimes I do. And, and you know, a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that you ever feel that way all the time, all the time. And so, um, you know, like you said, it never goes away, whatever our you know, that, that child within us experiences, um, you know, and, and certainly you can learn to, to work with it and strategies and there's all kinds of, you know, online groups and friends and family and professional therapists and whatever you want to do, you know, affirmations in the morning, your miracle morning, whatever that is. Um, yeah. So I think you have to find out what, what's right for you. But for me and my story, that's, that definitely helped me. Well, let's go uh, this direction now. Um, 
where to play now you because you, you, t- you touched on it before and you're, you you mentioned you know play where you like reels instagram stories but you know you, you we throw it you throw a clubhouse we have clubhouse going on you got facebook instagram twitter tiktok i mean it's like it can be really overwhelming yes and and then that leads to people like i'm out i'm you know i'm i'm over it um or it's like so so where should people play So I am a big believer in you should play where you really enjoy being. And, um, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you you just need to be where your your customers are. I I have proven in my life that I, my rules start into social media with Snapchat, a closed community where you could not find anyone. And everyone said, you will never build a brand on that platform. You will never get business on that platform. And I proved it wrong. So Mm -hmm. you can build whatever you want to build if you really put your focus on it. So there, you know, everyone said, oh, those are just kids. Are there no adults there? You're not going to get any business from it. That's the same thing they said about TikTok, right? it really, really um, depends. Facebook, when Facebook came out, those yeah. are just college kids. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. So don't believe that hype. You can you can make a success on whatever you you focus on will expand. Um, now, you know what what a, a good solid strategy. Yeah, if you've got people on Facebook, I mean that's been around for the longest, and that's kind of the bread and butter, I guess, the foundation, if you will, of you know can you find people and connect with them and and you know friend them on Facebook and all of that. Um, but I personally love Instagram. I used to not love Instagram and I do feel a little bit, you know, sad for new users to Instagram because it has just gotten very busy. <laughs> it's just, it's become so many platforms in one. So I can feel the overwhelm when we have someone that's coming from maybe Facebook and is like, whoa, there's so much stuff here and it's changing all the time. So even within that platform, I want to encourage you to pick an area of that platform. Because if you dive in and you're like, I'm going to do feed posts and stories and I'm going to do reels and IGTV and live, it's too much, at least to me. I had to kind of pick where I wanted to show up and kind of learn that first. And then, you know, LinkedIn, I feel like we kind of all have to have the foundational three and maybe you're not as active on all of them as you are in one and one that you really like, sure. but that is, you know, kind of the norm as we bounce around from Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn's a great place to, you know, think of them almost like free websites and you can actually talk to people there. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm not really that big into TikTok. I, I watch there, but I, I personally just don't think I could take on anything else. And I know myself. I know my levels of overwhelm. And, um, you know, I'm loving Clubhouse, but man, is it like just an amazing time waster. <laughs> like five hours later, I'm like, what What did I just do? I, you know, but I'm, you know, for me, it's connecting with incredible people right now. That's where I'm finding I can connect with incredible people with no gatekeeping and have conversations. Like I would not be able to connect with the editor in chief of LinkedIn if I'm sending him a connection request, but I can talk to him on Clubhouse, which is awesome. So I think you need to be careful of the shiny objects. I think you need to be careful of getting too overwhelmed. And I really, really think, you know, I've, I've got a lot of people that say, okay, well, I've got, you know, my 17-year-old niece is going to help me out. She's going to make me a star mm. on, on TikTok. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have to be careful because, again, I look at product psychology. I look at behavior training. And when behaviors 
change, expectations change. And so I believe a lot of behaviors changed in the last two years, especially when we all went digital in 2020. And we have an expectation to see you as a human being in your face. So, you know, be cautious about over outsourcing. It, you know, it's great to have someone on your team who is a part of your company culture, understands your brand, helps you with content. It's okay to automate. It, it would be a, a great compliment to, to you also showing up as sort of that human behind the brand. And so I think it's difficult and is going to continue to get harder and harder to be successful on social media if it's 100% outsourced. And I just tell people, you know, thinking again of this last year, you look at an amazing, huge company like Nike, and it's harder, I think, for them to, to connect with an audience because they don't have a face. They're paying people millions of dollars to borrow their face because they know that's what matters. Yep. You have a face and you can have a human connection with people. So I, I get a little bit nervous when, when people want to outsource everything. Outsourcing is great. It's efficient. Automation, yes, all about that. I think there's still a really important part that only you can fulfill. Well, so let's talk about that a little deeper because I think it's dead on because most people's response or I've, I've seen, I shouldn't say most people. I, I have seen people, sales professionals, especially in my more in the mortgage world, um, try to outsource their social media because a, they, they know they should play there or they feel like they should play there. And so they go and hire an agency or their nephew or somebody else. And all of a sudden content starts showing up. In fact, I just got, um, I, I, I've been, one of my Instagram strategies is to find mortgage people and say, hi. And so I've been, you know, doing five or six a day, just kind of, you know, searching hashtags. And I, I got a response back from somebody on my message that said, oh, hey, I'm so-and-so's you know, social assistant. I'm not really this person, but I wanted to say, nice to connect you. And I was like, that's not, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> so, and then I see posts that I know are, are not that, that person. Like I just, it, it's either a, 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 so much of a, their company they work for or some kind of like generic, you know, something, someone else must've made that and they, they posted it. So, you know, how do you coach people on getting help because I think that's awesome to learn things and get a help, but but to not go where it's not real. Yeah, so I'm going to put it in in a perspective that has nothing to do with real estate or mortgage. Sometimes oh. I find if we leave the industry, totally. it's a little bit more. So I'm gonna I'm gonna you know look at like healthy lifestyle, right? Which I think yeah. you know the majority of us want to try to live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, great. So I could hire a chef. I mean, that would be such a you know luxury, right? If we could hire a chef that's going to cook healthy food for me or maybe deliver it weekly. Now that's a good thing, right? I'm thinking that's a good thing because um, you know I'm going to be healthier. But then yeah. every single night I pull out my Ben and Jerry's out of this world and I eat half of the you know the the pint while I'm watching my you know reality shows. Yeah. So, so even though yes, outsourcing and automation can be very helpful and efficient and good. We have to remember that, you know, unless you're going to just eat with the chef feeds and, you know, you're going to do all the other things, it's kind of that mentality. Um, you know, I guess, is it better than nothing? Yeah. Having a chef that's going to cook me healthy meals and I maybe just eat ice cream at the end of the day instead of like all day. Yeah, <laughs> better than nothing. It's better than better than nothing. Is it optimal? I, I would probably say no. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally hear you. Well, so let's just go open-ended for a minute here, Chelsea. You know, you've been doing this um, longer than most, which is amazing. You put it yourself out there in, in amazing ways. You've created your own really cool brand. You know, you, you've been very successful in this. 
Um, and I'm and, and I'm sure you're coaching newbies all the time. And when somebody is brand new, how do you start somebody out? How, how do you tell them, you know, like, do you give them a plan? Do you just say, you know, go try stuff? What do you do? So I really like to explain how the machine works because I feel like if you understand the game, you know, um, you, you can kind of, you can kind of maybe try to play it as best as a new person can. I like so that. I always kind of say like, here's what, what they're really looking for. And it's actually good for you because you do want to talk to people. So our concept we talked about. And then, um, you know, as far as making content, I, I generally say, let's try with like an easy, an easy content. Let's see, we're not going to play the hardest course in golf, right? We're going to go to the, you know, the, the, the yeah. driving range first and play around. And so, you know, when you ask people for help or input or feedback or recommendations, everybody has an opinion. Everybody wants to give you a recommendation. And, you know, when you're kind of thinking, what could I make content that could ask people? If you're curious, when you're curious in your comments and you ask the question, that's great because then you're adding to the conversation and not just kind of dropping by and, you know, giving a hard eye emoji. And then if you can ask people, hey, what should I binge watch on Netflix this weekend? Yes. You probably get more comments on that than you do on some of maybe your regular posts. So that helps the machine sort of warm up. And, and so it, it's really about sort of baby steps, right? I wouldn't say, okay, let's make an Instagram reel if you've never done a video, right? We're not going to jump into Instagram reels. Um, and it's a little bit harder now in 2021, <clears throat> excuse me, specifically to Instagram because you really have to be in two places. You have to be in that home feed because that's kind of how you're going to get out to not only your current followers, but potential new followers. And you have to have the stories because that's where they're going to know, like, and trust you. So you need sort of the net to cast out. And then when you get them in, this is how you're going to keep them. On Facebook, it's a little bit different because stories hasn't quite taken off yet. Oh. So it's more of a feed-focused world. But they're looking for a lot of video. They're looking for a lot of vertical video. Um, and they're looking for live video. And when you can give that machine a little bit more of what it wants, when I post something that isn't a video, it's probably going to go a little bit farther because it's like, oh, we appreciate you. You've been doing a lot of video lately. We'll, we'll give you a little bit more love. Yep. Well, so let's let's kind of wind down with this. What's, what's your personal strategy for 2021? So my personal strategy, I'm actually going to read it because um, I was just on a clubhouse. And so I was thinking about uh, what I was going to do for my content. And, and it, it's been a while. And I will say this just hit me. So it's not like I sat down because I cannot sit down and think about ideas. I wish <laughs> I was one of those people. I'm jealous of those people that can do that. Um, I have to be like, you know, walking, running in the shower, whatever. It just yeah. hits me. So <laughs> my brain also likes to work in letters and numbers. So I come up with something and it's usually a certain number and it's all the same letter. So maybe it helps me remember. I don't know why I do that. I've done it for years. So this year's letters and numbers, I have the five S's of content. Okay. Yeah. So the first one is searchable. And this is more important, even I would say Instagram, LinkedIn. <clears throat> and it's about, you know, making sure number one, that your profiles are optimized. You're using keywords, you're getting found. You can't get followed and get leads unless you're getting found. Perfect. We have to get your content getting found. So 
that's probably the easiest one on the list because that's really about keywords. That's about making sure your format is in the right format. You know, maybe what you would post over here isn't going to look as well on, you know, a different one. So that's the technical part, right? So searchable, the second S is shareable. And this one's a little bit harder because this is where we talk about Ooh, is somebody going to want to share a really cute picture of me and my my little guy at the birthday, you know, when we're going to cut our cake at home this weekend? Not. They're going to give it love and they're going to say happy birthday and yay, that's awesome, but they're not going to share it. So I'm really thinking about how can I create content that people will share? Because when you get shares, that's what really opens up the algorithm. But it, yeah. it's a little bit more of the 2.0. It's a little bit more of the advanced. So start, get comfortable, and then we can focus on that. The third S is savable, kind of along the lines of shareable and savable. Because if somebody saves my content, that's a big deal. Because the algorithm is like, woo, okay, if you're saving this content, it means you're either coming back to it for later, maybe yeah. you're going to revisit it. Again, yeah. that, that's a, a little bit more of that 2.0 category. So it's a little okay. bit less about us, a little bit more about content that's going to help inspire, motivate, or educate someone else. The fourth S is story forward. I don't mean just story format. You can share a human story and invite people in to Ooh, yeah. your captions and your posts. And you can also, you know, um, talk a lot about topics that are not super exciting. like mortgages and closings and all of that. But you can tell a story either like on the way this happened or, oh my gosh, the story of how I connected with these people is incredible. Whatever that story is, that's that sort of that human element. And of course, I'm a huge fan of, of just the stories format. So I had to throw that in there. And the last S is starts conversations. So anytime you ask questions, anytime you do poll stickers, anytime you ask people for feedback, anytime you drop into someone's comments and say, oh, I loved what you said um, halfway through your video. I'm curious, what do you think about X, Y, and Z? Yep. So I think that's sort of where I'm focusing on. And I kind of always focus on that. But this year specifically, I'm really more focused on shareable, saveable, and starting conversations. By the way, those, that, those S's are incredibly good. Yeah. <laughs> I started and had the whole conversation on those S's because, you know, and, and you know what I was hearing the whole time that you were sharing those those S's is is less about you and more about being in service to others, whether that's encouragement, a story, uh, mm -hmm. a piece of advice, you know, because that's the kind of stuff that someone would save or would come back to. You're right. I mean, the picture of you and your family is wonderful, and I get tons of love when I showcase, you know, my new puppy. You know, but nobody, nobody's sharing that. Right. It, it's, it, it's not, it's, and that's okay. I mean, they're getting to know me and that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not demonizing sharing, you know, your humanity. Right. We need to. Yeah, absolutely. But, I, but as a strategy, as like a focus, um, I think those S's are incredibly powerful. Um, okay. and they really frame up, um, at least I'm, 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 I'm like writing down notes over here. Like I'm going to take that away and run with it. Good. I, hope, I hope it's going to help some people out there. I really appreciate the opportunity to share the S's. So this is the first platform I've actually shared them on yet. So I will <laughs> be you sharing. Them. <laughs> so Jennifer has a question. She's hanging out with us on LinkedIn. Awesome. Goes, you know, I agree. My best thoughts are when I'm getting ready for the day. How do you translate, personally translate those thoughts to words? You mm -hmm. say to people, I feel like I'm having amazing conversations in my head. And then I lose it and I get stuck when I try to relay a deer in the headlights. <laughs> you too? I thought I was the only one. I feel so good that I'm not the only one that's like constantly having a, you know, conversation in my head. 
you know, um, it really, again, it's a skill. So when I started, I would write down ideas. Now I don't write down. I just know because I've been doing it so long how to kind of, you know, put it into the story. Um, but, you know, something as simple as like, here's an example, right? I have glasses. I don't usually wear them when I'm live because here's my ring light. Okay. Now Shark Tank people, why don't we have glasses that have this like anti-ring light thing? I feel like this is a Shark Tank idea. Anyway, so I might say, oh, that's annoying. I got to kind of angle myself. Now I might do a story and say, are you having this problem too in 2020 now that we're all doing ring lights and zooms and how do, do you put yours higher? I'm not really sure what to do. That sounds so mundane when you write it down on paper to ask about your ring light reflection in glasses. You're like, really? This is this is the kind of you know content you're thinking about putting. But there is magic in that mundane, and that's the things that other people think about. And so I would start if you're feeling overwhelmed with the ideas. For me, when that happens, I have to get them out of my mind. Even if I don't use them, I have to get them out of my brain so that I open up space. So I just take my notes. I have ongoing notes. I always am typing thoughts in the notes. And, you know, maybe I'll look back at it in a day or a week and I'll say, I don't like any of that and I won't use it. And then sometimes I'm like, yeah, I could, I could do something with this. And, you know, maybe I'll do a poll story, like a sticker on a story. Um, questions yep. that come up from here or clubhouse I'll make in I'll make a video for that so many people were asking me about clubhouse so let me make a video about that and um so yeah I think you know if you're the kind of person that has a lot of things always going on I am I have to get it out <laughs> and then sometimes it's like boom there we go but if I didn't get it out I wouldn't be able to come to the the decision that this is the one I wanted to talk about that was awesome. And Jennifer, thank you for throwing out that conversation. I, I clearly, we all have the same, we all struggle with the same stuff. Isn't it hysterical? And then we share it all. So, Hey, we're, we're wrapping up here, Chelsea. You're, you're so awesome. Thank you for taking the time to share your thoughts with uh, the group today. Thank you for putting yourself out there and effectively inspiring so many of us to do the same thing. It's super wonderful. And thank you so much for being the, the first guest of season two on brand. And you've just been wonderful today. So I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much for having me and so much success in season two for you. I'm so excited. All right, everybody. We're hanging out. We're getting out of here. Have a wonderful day. And thank you guys that subscribe and we'll see you all on the internet.